Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of A Table at the Back podcast. Today, Laura and I are talking to Matt Hall, and we had an absolutely amazing conversation with him. With a decade of marketing experience for brands large and small, Matt applies user research and data to craft results-driven messaging combined with visual design and tech. By day, he works as a conversion copywriter for Kajabi. How awesome. And by night, Matt combines copy, visual design, and tech to deliver high converting websites for his clients. Now, no matter what he's working on, he's always obsessively asking, how can we lead users on a journey that achieves business goals while also making the world a little better? We enjoyed having this conversation so much and we hope you will too. Let's dive in. I'm very excited to have you here today, Matt. We'll, we would have talked about your bio um, in the intro, which we recorded earlier. Okay. <laughs> Here's one we prepared earlier. So we just jumped straight into it. Hey, do you think hey, that... I'm so excited to chat with you. It's cool. And you're in San Francisco? Southern California. So oh. I, I lived in the Bay Area for a few years, but I've been in kind of LA area for oh, about yeah. three years now. Cool. Other side of the world. Amazing. I know. How amazing is the internet? Oh, right. It's so casual. Like it's so, so not, it's not a big deal to have these like Zoom conferences when I'm shipping video to both of you in separate places and you're sending video to both of us in separate places and it's all routing through the central server and it's a logistical nightmare. And uh, yet for us, it's like this seamless experience. It's, it's magical, the world that we live in. All we see is each other's faces. Well, better than, better than being cooped up and not seeing faces. So. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, on that note, do you think we should address the elephant in the room? Yes, probably. <laughs> We've been avoiding it. Um, so obviously we haven't recorded since the outbreak in our areas of the world. Um, you know, our lifestyle has changed drastically in the past couple of weeks. Um, so first of all, we hope that everyone is staying safe and is not putting themselves or their families in danger and staying at home and practicing good social distancing and good hygiene. <laughs> Do you know, I learned how to wash my hands from my five-year-old. I'm not even <laughs> kidding. I, I, that sounds ridiculous. Well, no, I mean, I, I, I washed my hands in the past. It's just that I don't think when I was little, anybody taught me how to do it properly with like the back of the hand and then the mm. scratching of the, the, under the nails. And no, I just, you know, would wait, wait, wash wait. You my have to hair. wash under your nails every time. That makes oh, so much she, sense. But like, yeah. no one ever explained that to me. No, me either. And she does it. She, and she like sits there and she goes one, two, three, and she counts to 20 every time. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, wow, great. I've been doing this wrong for 30, however many years. <laughs> my five-year-old's got it right. <laughs> well, I think we should, yeah, we're saying all this because of coronavirus, obviously, but I promise that is the only time I will say that word in this episode, we may be talking about, um, you know, copywriting and user experience and recovery from this kind of crisis that we're in. But um, yeah, we won't, we'll try not to dwell on the, the bad stuff and we'll talk about how it relates to our work and how we can move through it together. Yeah. Well, and you- it's such a weird time, right? Like yeah. nobody has a playbook for how to do this. Like no. people know what to do when their companies make mistakes. You, you apologize and you say, Hey, we messed up. Some people try to 
do it other ways and they always make it worse. But, you know, we, we apologize and we say, hey, I'm sorry, we made a decision that affected you negatively. Here's what we're doing to make it right. This is like, everyone feels that urge to participate in the conversation, but no one has anything really meaningful to say. No. Right? And I'm like getting emails from like Family Search and McDonald's and other places with the same exact subject line. And it's like, you know what I didn't miss was McDonald's response to Corona. You know, I, I like didn't need to hear that. Right. Yeah. And the first one out the gate was Best Buy. Um, I don't know if they had Best Buy there, but it's this like no. big tech store. And um, it's, it's like, I didn't need to think about if the stores were safe places, but now I do. Yeah. Right. Like I didn't need to think about whether or not every surface inside your retail establishment was going to get me sick, but that's the association I've made. And so we're, it's such a fascinating period to look at like, how do you, how do you craft a user experience that, it, so much of that is something you have no control over and it's not part of the normal game. There's, mm. there's no, it, it's just weird and nobody really knows what to do with it yet. And when people talk around it, mm. you, I, I'm waiting for like the first major brand, uh, consumer products, good brand to be like, Hey, our wipes kill coronavirus. Like just in an ad on TV, <laughs> like who's the first that's going to break that barrier. Right. Like just and are they going to do it chase? tastefully? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or are they going to make it like weird for the mm -hmm. rest of us? And they're probably going to make it weird because let's be honest. Well, yeah, yeah. That that's looking it... how the government is handling it and they're kind of tiptoeing around it. Well, I don't know. Well, let's not talk about your, your government. government. <laughs> <laughs> that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> my, my president is giving medical advice over Twitter. And if he wasn't immune to malpractice lawsuits, I guarantee he'd be sued to the ground. But, I you know, saw, for some reason, he's in an office where he gets to do and say whatever he wants at repercussions. I saw the funniest um, tweet from Hillary Clinton saying, don't take medical advice from someone who looks directly at a solar eclipse. <laughs> oh. God, it was funny. Um, but yes, very weird times. But it's, it's interesting. I mean, if we want to, you know, not fear for our lives and our safety, um, to look at how this communication is being received and how like the thought process into how people are writing it. Like, it's just, it's bizarre times. I'd... Yeah. It's a real, um, it, it's almost like a primitive look into human behavior. I think mm. that that's where it, uh, it's kind of hitting really hard for me. The panic and the fear come out so strong that, that, people and companies and stuff and uh, having these reactions, which you're right, Matt, like it's, it's like they don't know what they're doing because nobody does. And there isn't a playbook, yeah. but it, but when people go back to their, their primitive fight or flight, or there's another one, I don't know what the third, the there's three. Is, um, oh yeah. Yeah. It's just really, really interesting. At least for, you know, people who work with like, <laughs> you know, human behavior and making mm. experiences better. I mean, for me, it's, it's, it's interesting to watch. Mm. Well, even when we know better, right? Like we, my wife and I are smart people. We like to think she's smarter than I am. Yes, you are. And we were like at Target and we go in and there's four more like 24 packs of water bottles. Now our water is fine. Our water's <laughs> not going to be tainted by this thing. We also have a pack of water we got from Costco. We're fine. We don't need bottled water, but mm. there's only four left and it's been selling out. And my wife sees it. She goes, we should get all of them. And I'm like, we need maybe one, right? And we get all four and then also people are giving these dirty looks in the store. Oh, no. And it's like, okay, no, 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 we're putting back two, you know? And it's still like, but we're rational people. But in yeah. that moment, 
yeah. our lizard brain takes over. Yeah. And even if we're like watching ourselves, right? It's like when you're at like a car dealership, right? You, you've worked for yourself. You have to do sales. You know how sales conversations happen. Yes. And you know the sales techniques that happen, right? Yeah. You go buy a car and even <laughs> if you tell them, hey, look, I do this job. I do sales. Please deal with me straight. Mm. Um, and, you, and then they start using that stuff on you. And you find yourself becoming infuriated because you're not only recognizing that they're trying to do it on you, it's working. And you're like, oh my gosh, like I'm too smart for this. Like, why am I falling for this? You know, I, like, we, we bought a minivan like six months ago. And so I was going through the process and there's one I'm almost ready to buy. And yeah, welcome to the club. It's, it's awesome. <laughs> oh, so. not a minivan, but an SUV, which is, you know, okay. mom's house still. Okay. I only have one Your kid. Mama so. style. I've got nothing to prove. I'm like the nerdiest dad. Alive, You've got more so. kids. You need the room. <laughs> That's true. But yeah, it's like we went to buy and like I'm falling for these things that I know how to do because of what I do. I, I work in psychology. I work in sales psychology. I mm. work in stuff. And it's just um, it's so weird mm. that, uh, I, that the human brain is so strong. That's I've got a good hack for that because I did it so I went through the process of buying a new car. It was our first ever new car. And I was like, I, I was saying to my husband, like, I know what this guy's doing. Like, you know, he's reciprocity. I can never say that word. Um, you know, all this stuff. And, and I was like, I'm going to throw a spanner in the works, but I didn't do it intentionally, but I was, cause we got a VW and I was like, Hey, you know, Hitler used to drive these. And he was like, what? And I was like, Oh my God, I've thrown everyone off their game. <laughs> anyway, that was my story. It was very awkward after that. Um, but oh, he stopped his sales process to be like, is this person a weirdo? Yes. Wow. Yeah, yes, yes, like Godwin's law of sales disruption, right? Like invoke Hitler yes. eventually, but do it to disrupt the sales process and they have nowhere to go. Yeah, that, that's, um, I'll let you turn that into a lead magnet. I'm going to let you have that one. <laughs> Thank you. I think I need it to recover from my horror um, of saying that. Oh, um, God. But speaking anyway, of work. Yeah. I would love to know more about your senior writer role at Kajabi, Matt. Do you reckon you could give us a bit of a background, like how you got to be there and what you do and if there's any other stuff that you do? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I, I joined Kajabi in September and their team is incredible. Uh, it's just, I, I am constantly amazed at the leadership team and how they've built the exact kind of company that I would hypothetically build if I were going to do the same thing. It's like they read all of the leading advice and the smart people like, Hey, this is how you should run your business. And then they actually put it into practice oh, and there's no ego. So I know it's incredible, right? There's no ego. So many times like you're at a company and it's going pretty okay. But, but one of the leaders has an ego about something. And so oh. it's pretty okay, except for this little corner that gradually grows and drives away talent over time. And, and so instead of the company continuing to grow and being a place you want to be long-term, you eventually get to a point where you either have to play politics or you have to, um, you realize your, your time there is not going to be very long because it's a dead end or, you know, other things happen. At Kajabi, it's awesome because there's no politics. Oh, um, there's there's, so there's nice. no need to like play games with people. There's no need to be uh, you know schmooze or any of that nonsense everyone's just focused on serving their customers as much as they possibly can 
and they're taking the long view. They're not taking the short view. They're not saying, how can we get cash this month at the expense of our brand reputation six months down the line? None of that stuff. They're oh. always, they've always been playing the long game. And um, Stop, company, stop. That kind of company know, doesn't exist. It I doesn't know. exist. I, didn't think, I still find myself like pinching myself. Like, I can't believe this, this is real. And, so good, uh, so good. oh, I know. And, and it's like paying off so much right now because now we're in the right place at the right time. People are indoors. They're looking to start businesses online. Yeah. They're looking to take courses online. Of course. Um, we're, we're doing well. And it's, of course, we say that in humility. Of course. Totally acknowledging that, like, yeah, this is a real problem that's going mm. on. And, and it's always a weird place to say, like, some people are suffering, but we're doing okay. You know, and there's, there's that weird acknowledgement of like, how does this, what's the right place? But that to happens it? every day all over sure. the place with a lot of other things. I mean, there is a terrible virus that's like all over the, the globe, but at the same time, you know, people pass away all the time and, you know, other people get promotions and it's life. And I, I mean, look, I think it's, I think it's totally okay to say that. Well, I'm a white dude with a beard, so I have no clue what you're talking about where people sometimes get to benefit the expense of others. Well, I don't know what you mean. <laughs> no, yeah. but in all seriousness, no, the company's leadership is just so humble and so focused on serving their customers and, and their customers are so eager to give back to the company. It's, it's, I didn't believe that relationships like this were real, but every time we need help, for example, I've been working on some blog posts the last week where we wanted to interview some of the people using the platform and get their perspectives as experts oh, on how they're pivoting their businesses right now. And each of them was more than willing to jump on the phone later that day or the next day and just like was so grateful for what the company had done for them. And I'm Aww. thinking you're paying us every month. You, you, we work for you, oh, that's but there's still, it just felt like a mutually respectful, beneficial relationship. And focusing on that from the beginning has now paid off. You know, we just crossed the 1.1 billion mark of revenue wow. sold through our platform. That's pretty exciting. Yeah. Um, that is fantastic. Our financials this is so are inspiring. Great. Oh, yeah, I know. It is. It is. Well, and, and I didn't get here on accident, right? I mean, like I, I woo woo, whatever, universe, whatever. Um, <laughs> uh, Let it rip. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I think Bader Meinhof, Meinhof Bader phenomenon i just looked at it earlier today um but it's the idea where it's like um so when you're like 17 and your friend buys a classic car and you're like oh cool you got a mustang or you got an el camino or or whatever that goofy truck thing in australia is so they don't sell in the states a ute um, a ute yeah, yeah 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 one of those um you know and suddenly you realize oh these things are everywhere and i just never noticed it before right yeah. it's because the brain's prioritizing information and, and you're overwhelmed with information. And mm. so it just discards most of it. Well, when you're aware of something, you're more open to recognizing it and having that information prioritized. Well, for me, about a year and a half ago, I made the decision that I was only going to work with companies who were genuinely adding value to their customers' lives. And I was thinking, okay, um, I want to influence as many people as I possibly can. We live in a digital age where I can casually connect with people literally all around the world. And it's not even a big deal. And I'm going to see how I can use that and use my role as a UX copywriter or just a copywriter or just a digital worker um, to empower as many people around the globe as I possibly can. And that made me more aware and looking for opportunities mm. where I would find 
companies that I wanted to work with, or I, I worked with an agency that was working with a lot of healthcare organizations and a lot of universities. And, and then I led to, um, when I left that, it was, it was time for me to leave that. And then I um, was able to pick up other clients and build websites for nonprofits. And it turns out not all nonprofits are broke. And so a lot of nonprofits yeah. actually have coffers that are pretty deep and can mm. afford the kind of talent that allow them to serve more people. So it's not like you have to say, oh, um, if I want to work for people who have a mission or for people who are trying to do some good in the world, I'm going to be broke. Um, I do okay. Mm. You know, and I don't want to get too crass, but like I've been able to support a family on a basically single income in first the San Francisco Bay Area and now LA. Uh, we're That's doing okay. We're yeah, comfortable. Fantastic. Yeah. And, and, you know, you don't have to sacrifice your ethics for making a living wage. And now I'm at Kajabi, which is like the ultimate proof of that. We're just growing so fast as a company. Yeah. And it's all just driven by serving our audience and doing right by them. No tricks, no, no scammy yeah. lottery ticket type. You know, you never know what's going to happen. I think you all know what I'm referring to, but I can't say it out loud. Uh, <laughs> you know, other platforms whose marketing is not as on the level as ours. Yeah. Um, as I like to think ours is, we'll say that. All, I, all opinions are my own. <laughs> I completely agree with everything you've just said. And I, I think I have a very similar experience, especially lately, because I, I made the same kind of mental shift uh, early last year as well, where I was like, no, I'm going to take a really strong, hard look at the types of businesses I want to work with. And, you know, Branker and I both come from a background in maybe a not so savory industry mm. um, where we cut our teeth on this kind of stuff. And, like that's fine. We learned so much, but you know, I've just started a new role um, at a, a company called Sendle here in Oz. We've actually just launched in uh, the US as well, and it's classified as an essential service right now in the current climate. You know, the type of work we're doing is really trying to serve people and, and small businesses um, mm -hmm. in the best way possible, and making it as easy and smooth to use in a time of crisis, um, while also abiding to like the safety and government health uh, regulations. So I guess, long story short, I'm really interested to see how the type of work you do, because I know the type of work that I do is trying to make things easier to use as a, a UX writer um, and how you're using that to make the, the, your work a little bit smoother in this ethical climate. Ethical yeah. Well, climate. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think, I think what we're all realizing in the last few weeks is that the economy is this collective dream, right? And and some of us are waking up and realizing, oh, I don't really have like enough food in my house for the next three months. And then people start to panic, right? And then the economy suffers because mm. people don't have faith in it. But if people have faith in it, if people trust that everything's going to be okay and that people are dealing with them fairly, that trickles through horizontally, not vertically. Don't let them trick you. That trickles horizontally <laughs> through the entire economy. And it really starts from the ground up. And so it's important for us as we're speaking to our customers that we do so in a way that instills trust. And of course, we have to, they have to know, like, and trust us. But if people become accustomed to getting tricked, if people think that someone's out to get them, mm. well, that goes up the chain and the entire economy mm. suffers. And somebody may get a short-term win, but long-term, that's really kind of a scarcity mindset place to operate, right? I mean, you need to be thinking, oh, yeah, there's only so many pieces in the pie. Well, you can make another pie. We can all have pie. There's plenty of yeah. pie to go around, right? So That's you don't have news. to like trick your, yeah, you're right. I, I love pie. Uh, you don't have to like trick your customers into accidentally auto billing 
your stupid pills or whatever it is, right? I, I just yeah. gave a presentation in San Diego at a copywriter club in real life. And I threw out some examples from our industry of like, you know, dark patterns, things yeah. that people do to like trick their customers into signing up to their email list or, you know, legally opting into their messaging, even though like you're not building a brand, you're not building a reputation. Um, I uh, was at a drugstore, CVS, and I was picking up some prescriptions for a sinus infection and I gave them my phone number because I thought this is how they'll keep track of my thing or whatever. So you don't well, go I go to purchase. check it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. at the little point of sale device, it says, um, by giving us your phone number, you agree to be contacted for reminders about your prescriptions and when your prescription's ready and that stuff I'm fine with. But then it says, and marketing messages. And I'm like, I don't want marketing messages. Mm-hmm. And my options were um, to accept or print info on how to opt out. And I lost it on those oh, minimum good. I felt so bad because <laughs> it was not their fault, but it was so icky, right? It was so gross. And I told them right there yeah. and I'm like, you know, this is, I, this is what I do for a living. I write these kind of interfaces. And the fact mm. you don't let me do this easily, it's called a dark pattern or on rhetoric, it's called asshole design. So maybe <laughs> this is the kind of stuff that you shouldn't be you know, and, and I said, I know it's not you that did this. Like, you're like a pharmacy tech. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're you're just like someone who's like a pharmacy tech. You know, you're yeah, you've, yeah. You're you didn't do this, but yeah, I was so frustrated because this corporation, CVS, thinks the best way to market itself is by oh. tricking customers. Like, I don't. First of all, you're gonna get maybe five percent, maybe five percent of people who don't immediately recognize it as spam. So you're already alienating people and there's plenty of competition for pharmacies. I don't Mm -hmm. have to go to CVS. I literally had three other chains within a half mile of that location. So it's all this short-term trickery, you know, using UX principles to kind of like get these short-term gains. Oh, our email list has grown. Oh, look how many more contacts we have this quarter. Okay, that's fine. But that doesn't translate into brand loyalty. It doesn't translate into profits. That doesn't translate into the kind of brand building the long term is going to save you when somebody else comes in and they do it cheaper or they do it more effectively, or you don't even have to go into the store. You can have it mailed to your home overnight when shipping gets back up, of course. Yeah. And, and what a way to, um, just what a way to try to weasel their way into your inbox when you've come. And is that, you know, my question would be, is, is that, we don't know what we're doing in terms of experience or is that on purpose? Do you know what I mean? Like somebody's come mm. to get a prescription for something. Do we understand the, the life cycle of that person? Like, do we understand where they are in that journey and are we helping or are we like, Oh, and this would be a really great place to like slide in their inbox right now. That's- or is it just laziness? Like, Oh, let's just tack it all together. That, yeah. There's because, yeah. yeah. It's I mean, it's gotta be all three, right? Yeah. yeah. I yeah, mean, like absolutely. people know what they're doing, but they also don't know what they're doing, right? They know that if they do this, they're going to get more signups, but they clearly don't understand marketing well enough to know that it's a long game, mm. especially nowadays. Oh, and absolutely. It's not all KPIs. Yes. Customers don't care about our KPIs. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. No, they don't. And I, and I think, you know, we talk about this quite a lot on this podcast. There's still this, you know, siloed marketing department and then siloed product department. And so, you mm. know, everyone, everyone's in silos and everyone's trying to hit their KPIs and not coming together and being like, well, how can we 
actually better serve the customer and as a business grow <laughs> together. I mean, I yeah. think, I think that's a massive, massive problem. Well, and this is where we have a really unique position in any company because as stewards of the user experience, we kind of have a right to know what's going on throughout the entire user experience. Because if you're good at it, every single user touch point should be informed by every other touch point. Yeah. So what I'm doing absolutely. for customer onboarding absolutely means I need to be talking to the sales team. I need to see what are you promising them? Mm. Okay. Are we fulfilling those promises as yeah. we're onboarding? Or are you saying whatever you need to, to get them in the door? And then it's suddenly my problem when people are leaving in droves because we're not fulfilling the promises you're making. Right. And so we have this unique ability to basically invite ourselves to any meeting we want. We can say, you know, I'm trying to do this process of the customer life cycle in order to understand how it's going or whatever. I love to sit in on this meeting. And if we do that enough, um, Laura, I know you and I were talking about meetings and, and how like being part of being an employee means attending a lot more meetings than you would yeah. as a contractor. But yeah. the, the benefit of that is that you have more opportunities to increase your influence. And you can start asking those questions like, okay, well, what's our measurable objective for doing this? Just so mm -hmm. I understand. Or, uh, okay, and what are we doing to make sure that this initiative doesn't cost us long-term brand building or customer retention? You know, what are we doing to make sure that what we're doing now isn't going to hurt us down the road? And just asking those questions in a way that's like humble, not arrogant, but, you know, asking mm. those questions in a way you're getting people, you're training your coworkers to think better about the user experience. And so suddenly you're in a room with the CMO or you're in the room with the vice president or whatever, or the company's president and you're asking these questions and not only are you making the user experience better and more honest and more ethical at the same time you're showing yourself as a leader and you're showing yeah. that you're not just somebody who sits and writes microcopy all day long or mm. makes wireframes or whatever it is you're somebody who deeply cares about doing the best work they possibly can for your customers and that's a wonderful catalyst to know whether or not that company is going to be for you long-term. Because if you're yeah. asking those questions in meetings, if you care enough that you're asking these questions and putting yourself out there just a little bit to see how mm. they're going to do, if they don't care, I'd say, you know, you can leave, go find someone yeah. else that cares. Cause there are people out there who do, do care. Uh, I'm at a company right now who cares deeply. And um, you know, there's, I've also been at companies that didn't care. They were like, Oh, wow. You know, that's just fine. I'll, uh, no, no, yeah. we should email the people who unsubscribe because maybe we can sell them one more thing. And it's like, absolutely not. I am going to leave very soon. Yeah, oh. I think that's something that's happening at the place I'm at now. It's really great because I'm the first writer that's joined the team. So, well, the first UX writer, um, they have other writers. But yeah, now that marketing and product are kind of a little bit more intertwined and I am that bridge between marketing and product now, which is great. Like that's always kind of been my my dream because I, I still love marketing a little bit um, as well as products. So, you know, I get to see the whole thing through to support as well, which is great, which is the retention bit, which is so important right now um, to keep yeah. business because, you know, reality is finding new business isn't as easy. Um, but yeah, Frank, I know you have a good question about. Yeah. Well, I just, I just, you know, was wondering on that topic, I think that is such a good, um, I think if we've ever heard a good piece of advice, it is that if you care deeply about the work that you're doing for the customer, 
putting yourself out there and then judging by that how the company reacts is a, 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 good, a good way to know whether the company is for you or not. I mean, that, if I run th- back through the history of everything I've done and all the places that I've worked, that absolutely has been what has happened for me and, and you know, has, and maybe not consciously, but now that I think about it, that's absolutely been the thing where I have put my hand up and there wasn't enough care. And that made me realize that that's not the place for me. It's so good. It's such a good piece of advice. And, and, mm. and I guess on that, like, do you, Matt, have any tips on how, you know, we as UX or CX people can, can be sort of part of the recovery in, in this whole process? Like in terms of startups and, you know, SaaS, you know, getting people to, to engage again. Do you have any, any, any other gold nuggets for us? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I've been talking to a lot of companies recently because my, my gut was to say, oh no, like business is going to be really, really rough. And maybe it's still, well, I don't know. Right. I, I, mm-hmm. I don't know what's going to happen, but what I do know is that every person I've talked to who's out there trying something is actually doing okay. I haven't yeah. talked to anybody who said my business has fallen off a cliff. I haven't talked to anybody who said, I'm not getting any more sales. I'm really in trouble. The people who are actually in the most trouble, are the people who've been like furloughed or laid off because mm-hmm. they, they have to go to physical location or they're not in an industry that is as remote friendly as ours. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I'm deeply grateful that I get to do the work that I do because it means something like this doesn't really affect me. Other than having some background noise during the day, uh, with the kids <laughs> all day, all yes, day, all day. Oh my gosh, uh, my kids—they they feel something's different, right? I've worked from home before, yeah. but they know. I don't know how they know, but they do, and <laughs> their their like energy level has just gone through the roof. So <laughs> it's been fun. Yay for um, us! <laughs> yay, yay, yeah! Time to get a refund my anxiety pills, right? Um, <laughs> so it's like we business is continuing to go, but here's what I think is going to happen as we're seeing more and more. I mean, there's already 120,000 people in the film industry who've been laid off, right? Because of like all the different productions that have had to be paused around the world. Mm -hmm. Now that's just one industry film. I love movies and stuff. I live in LA, but like, that's just one example. There's so many other industries where where people require that face-to-face interaction, housekeepers, uh, cleaners, um, a lot of people who are just trying to get by are going to yeah. be struggling. Restaurants, right? Restaurants are struggling like crazy right now. And yep. so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you have the coffee shop, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I live in a hotel because my husband runs it. So it's tough. Yeah, is, you're going to write a children's book about that someday, right? <laughs> Growing up in a I hotel. hope so. It's on oh, my, my list. Goodness. How wonderful. <laughs> um, but what's going to happen is that people – they're going to continue to buy. I think there's going to be some pent up purchasing that's going to happen once the quarantines lift. And, and again, maybe I'll be wrong by the time this even gets published, who knows, but I think there's going to be some things like house cleaning and other industries like that, that are going to have a lot of, you know, a, a nice big flux. And it's going to go back to normal, yeah. but I think customers are going to be a lot more aware of who they're trusting their money with. And I think they're going to be a little more yes. wary about which companies they trust. And what that means is now's our time to double down on building a reputation that we can stand behind. Because if customers are being careful about how they're spending their money, and maybe they will be for the next 18 to 24 months, I don't know. um, That means that 
we can't just do these fly-by-night operations anymore. We can't do these acquisition-heavy marketing strategies mm. that rely on just getting new customers instead of keeping the ones we have. Um, we all know the stat, yes. you know, like it costs seven times more to acquire than it does to uh, maintain a customer, keep a customer. But, you know, it, it takes longer to reactivate a customer. Right? There's not that instant gratification of spending X amount in ad spend and getting Y amount in return. Right, yeah. Direct response mm-hmm. marketing is a great industry. You look at like Agora and the stuff that they do, right? Yeah. Um, and, and the problem with their model is it's so heavy on upfront acquisition. And of course, they upsell people, but it's, it's the entire model is based on a finite bucket of people saying we have spent this much money and we have only been able to reach 200,000 people. Of these 200,000 people, 3,000 opted in to our list. And of those 3,000, uh, 500 made a purchase. And then of those 500, 125 made a bigger purchase, right? And it just goes down. But you're still dealing with this finite starting point of 100,000 people because that's all you could afford to buy. And you're not building a brand. You're not building something that your customers want to tell their friends about. You're not building something that can grow when you're not actively paying for it to buy someone else's attention. And that's where I think the companies focusing on that kind of strategy are going to struggle because as um, people are relying on reputation, um, as ad spend is continuing to rise every year, your reach is going to get smaller and smaller. So we need to create brands and we need to create experiences where our customers are so excited about them that they'll do a marketing for us. We're creating something so good. Our customer says, Hey, Check this out. And they send it to three friends. Um, A little stat, uh, some of the biggest publishers who really understand how to create content that resonates with people are getting something like 90% of of the people commenting on their posts or tagging a friend. And that means that nine out of 10 comments um, on the content they publish is bringing someone else into their, their brand ecosystem. Uh, that's incredible. And that's the kind of performance I think we need to be focusing on. When, you are, when we are doing our jobs well, design and marketing, they're the same thing because we're creating something so good where the user experience is so elevated, mm. our audiences can't help but share it with the people they care about. Talk about things that we've read, watched, listened to that we would recommend to other people. Um, so Matt, do you have anything, especially now that some of us might have a little bit more time indoors. <laughs> so I've actually been uh, prepping a course. I, I launched a course in 2015 to help English majors get jobs. And after I was going to relaunch it in October and then I, I joined Kajabi. So I've been working on it and it's finally ready to go. Um, so I've been oh. working on that and it's really more to help like creative professionals um, advance their careers and find more work that lets them, I mean, obviously get paid well and increase your incomes faster, but, oh, wow. but more, more importantly, feel confident enough to take jobs that they resonate with. And so wow. kind of like we talked about earlier, you know, if you feel like, if you know you can get another job at a moment's notice, you're going to feel a lot less intimidated to push back yes. and to say, no, this isn't something I want to do. Yeah. And if you can figure out how to rise to the top of the pile, and as someone who's hired recently, I can tell you the bar is low to craft an application that stands out. Um, if you learn how to do that well, you're going to have a lot of opportunities all the time. And you're going to be able to then use that and leverage that to make a world, the world a little bit better, a little more equitable. Um, for example, if you're at a company and you find out, oh, everyone's not being paid the same 
for doing mm. the same work for reasons. <laughs> yeah. um, you can quit or you can tell them, you know what, this isn't what I want to do or this is, is the company's not aligned with what I want to work with. Um, and if enough of us who are good at our jobs, who care, like the kind of people listening to this podcast, who care about making the world a better place, decide we're not going to work for employers who don't pay like everybody the same rate, regardless of gender or identity or, um, or orientation or race or any of that stuff. Um, the people who are going to try to pull those games won't be able to get the good work they need to build the brands they need to. So it's going to have this wonderful network effect where just a few of us need to stand up and say, no, I'm not going to work for the company that does this. Um, they're going to be left with crappy employees. They're not going to have as much of a reach and they're going to struggle. They're going to realize, okay, I need to up my game and do the right thing. Otherwise, I'm not going to attract the talent that I really want. So that's my goal is to create a course yeah. for people to feel that confidence. Um, Fantastic. And, it's, have, and, and that's global, right? That's not just for people in the States. <laughs> no, that is global. Yeah, yeah. It works yeah, everywhere. Beautiful. Um, it's currently internet. only in English. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the internet, right? Um, I mean, the cool thing is that like these principles, they're just user psychology principles. They're yep. UX, right? Great. It's understanding who am I really talking to? You're not hiring by talking to the CEO. You're talking to a hiring manager. Yes. And that person's yeah. goal is to not look stupid with the people they recommend they interview. That's it. Yes. So all you need to do is make them look like they're good at making choices. So how does that? That means almost literally... Um, just taking the job description and working backwards from there, you know, user mm-hmm. research, right? Letting, letting your user tell you what they want to hear and then saying it back to them. And you look yeah. like a genius. Same oh, stuff you do every day. Awesome. Where will people be able to get this? What, like we'll put your contact details as well, like at the end and we'll say them again at the end, but what, where should people be keeping an eye on to get access to this course? Sure. So that's a get an awesome job.com. <laughs> That's oh, so cool. Good. You yeah, got right? that's easy that to URL. remember. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it works. Um, and so that's the reason why I haven't been to go back to what we're really talking about, which is the cool stuff we're watching. Yeah, but this I haven't been cool watching too. anything cool recently. I watched Contagion and Outbreak. Oh my god, why did you do that? I don't know. <laughs> Outbreak was a funny 90s movie. It was like a you know, like The Rock, you know, which is like just silly and over the top. It was we like watched that. that in year 12 biology, and I was terrified really yes. with like is dustin the, hoffman and that goofy helicopter scene and is that the, the monkey, monkey one yeah. yeah they're like trying to find the monkey so they can get the cure for the virus and it's like the least scientific film one has ever seen it terrified me and, and like, here you are watch. yeah i know contagion that's why i'm never watching genuinely it. that don't watch contagion do not watch it it's not even funny to watch because it's so unsettling oh god and uh steven soderbergh is a genius and it's just moody right it's not mm. really about the details it's about the feeling during this thing and it's too real yeah it's too real right now mm. so that's that was not a fun time bad you shan't times. be watching that <laughs> uh but the tiger documentary the tiger people documentary on netflix tiger king tiger king that's it i watched the first episode last night and holy shit <laughs> yes it what gets so hell? much better or worse depending on how you feel about humanity <laughs> Oh. <laughs> I don't it's even know what you're boring. talking about, but it sounds like I need to get onto it. Oh my goodness. It it's is like wild. the kind of, uh, I feel like if my grandmother knew people like this existed, she would roll over in her grave. Cause like, <laughs> like every single person they're looking at who's really into the exotic animals is not someone that I feel like I want to spend a lot of time with. They're not. Um, yeah. 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 Okay. And there's Sorry, like, there's like a whole nice weird like sexual it. vibe to it. Like, I don't want to spoil anything for you, no, but oh it gets gosh, like, okay. yeah. 
the guy c- runs up to these lines and he goes, hey, sexy line. And I'm like, this is not right. <laughs> oh, gosh. Shouldn't oh, be talking about animals like that. Like, I, I don't want to shame anybody like you do you, you know, but yeah. like. When it puts animals at risk, no, no. <laughs> there's just like a lot of like, uh, I don't know, man. There's lots of, there's some really interesting things. Let's say. Very things confusing. that even living in the Bay Area, even living in L.A., um, places that are like traditionally known to be very like liberal and open-minded even i was like whoa my goodness like this is a (laughs) weird situation okay yes i will continue i'll push on you won't be able to not to no i'm pretty hooked i can't wait for tonight murder there's trysts there's there's (laughs) maybe drug running it's it's got everything um for me i've just been like because i took two weeks off before all this weird stuff happened which was it turns out it was quite nice to do that because mm. i won't see my parents for a very long time now which sucks but um mm. so i got to just curl up at my parents place and just spend time with them um so i read a lot of novels i i really didn't want to deal with um the world right now and like mm. listen i really want to watch the news at that point and i didn't want to read work stuff so yeah, lots of novels. So if anyone needs a list of books, I probably won't mention them all here. Um, I have a hefty list of um, novels. You should make that an Instagram post. That's what you should I do. I think I have. I don't oh. know. I just, I, I'm a bit of a nerd like that. But I read a really beautiful one um, called The Motherhood and it's an Australian book um, and it's all like kind of Australian media women talking about the newborn days. I actually gifted it to Amy from Damn Right because she's having a baby Mm-hmm. imminently um yeah it's just it's really nice uplifting book so i can recommend that awesome. what about you branka oh t- yeah look i <laughs> i've been trying to work from home while home schooling my children and then also do all of that from the cafe because we can't keep staff. So I need to be there oh. to help my husband out. So I've read nothing and watched nothing. I've just That's literally been trying to manage time. I mean, it is what it is. I'm, you know, I, um, I had a couple of my school mum friends the other day be like, oh, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, it, look, there are people dealing with much worse things than I am, you know? And so it, we just, we all just make do and get through with, what we've got and how we can. And, and I think, you know, we were talking about before, I, I'm not new to working at home with children yeah, and, and trying to build a business while having little kids. And, and so that's really kind of prepared me. Like I, I, I don't feel like I'm that out of my depth. I just need to get better organized <laughs> yeah. is all because I don't think I've ever like tried to do all of them at the same time on the same premises. That's that's the part that's like, ugh. yeah. But, um, but yeah, it's well, not like it is what it is. What What are you doing for homeschool? I can't imagine trying to do each of these requires a full time amount of attention and emotional energy, and I can't imagine trying yeah. to do three business and and your business and your husband's business and the kids, and then also like yourself and taking care of your own sanity. Like, oh my gosh, like yeah. what are you doing for homeschool? Oh. Or are you just letting them run wild and not? You know, just don't end up dead and we're fine, right? Play-based learning. No, um, <laughs> no, I, I, I am a big fan of play-based learning. But no, I think I'm, I'm getting better at, because now it, I'm about, I'm almost two weeks in. So, because I took my kids out of school a bit earlier than, than they shut the schools here in Victoria. So, um, it, it, I think, you know, I'm getting up at five, doing work 
from six to eight, then, you know, doing the homeschooling thing with the kids at the cafe. Like, I'm just, look, I'm getting better at being organized. It's just that I need to find my routine and then we'll be okay. <laughs> It's so, yeah. still, you're an inspiration. Yeah, that's incredible. Uh, no, just, just a little crazy. Just a little crazy. <laughs> no, well, it's... I mean, but like, the, it's, my, I watch my wife every day, right? And I feel bad because like, I'm stuck in this room and I'm, I'm doing my, my full-time job, yeah. you know, and, and other stuff. And, and I just hear what's happening in the other room. And I'm realizing this is happening all the time. Yeah. And she's doing this every day in and out. And just like the, the exhaustion of that on top of just the existential burden of living in 2020. Um, yeah. <clears throat> it's just, it's, it's inspiring and also incredibly guilt inducing where it's like, okay, how can I step up a little more? So. Oh, that's nice to hear. I'm going to play nice that to, to my husband. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> no, that's really nice. And that's, I hope out of all this horrible stuff that's happening, like people are taking care of themselves and, and taking a time out, Branka, um, for themselves <laughs> <laughs> and looking after each other because, I mean, what else is there really? Health, family, friends. Mm. Hey, look, I might have watched an episode of Two or Married at First Sight just to oh like totally destroy my brain. So, you know. <laughs> my sister-in-law applied for the next season. Oh, wow. She made it to the second round. Really? Okay, interesting. Watch this space. I could yeah, be famous soon. Seamus, <laughs> Seamus, uh... I haven't heard that before. That's a good one. <laughs> I, I caught the first and the last episode of that with my wife. And so I oh, feel really? like I got the whole season. Yeah. Cause they had like the nice little bookend where the first episode, they introduced a couple that actually, I don't want to spoil anything, but it works out for them. And uh, yeah, okay. true love. It's, it's a weird, uh, what yeah. an interesting premise. And the fact that it works out for everybody is like, oh, sure. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I missed all the middle part. So I don't know if they're like actually dating normally after love at first sight, but it just, I think, yeah. <laughs> we we live in a very interesting time. Yeah, we, we do. do. We do. Do well on that note. Thank you so much, Matt. What is um <laughs> on the note of trashy reality TV? <laughs> and we'll end <laughs> on Matt, that. Thank Don't you worry. for your contribution to our conversation. <laughs> that shan't be edited out. <laughs> but no, that stays. <laughs> where can people find you and contact? Get in contact with you. So I have a couple sites I love to share. Number one is conversiondesign.org. And this is, it's a free email course and it just shows you how you can apply the same principles that I use as a conversion copywriter to any aspect of design, whether it's user experience, whether it's content strategy. The idea is that you're trying to create an experience for the user that results in measurable improvements over time. And so even if you're doing something like visual design, or you're writing a blog post or whatever you're doing that's part of your work, you can apply a few principles and figure out how you can measure it. And when you can measure something, you can optimize it, you can make it better. I think right now in our field, we have a really interesting challenge in that there's a lot of us who are basically doing the same work under different titles. And so we're yes. all in different Facebook groups. We're mm -hmm. all spent hanging out at different conferences. And reality is whether you're a content strategist, whether you're a UX designer, whether you're uh, a product designer, we're all trying to achieve the same thing, but we're just talking about it in slightly different ways. So my goal for this side is to create maybe a little bigger umbrella where we can come together and realize, oh yeah, this is the same work. And if we're united, we can have more clout to make some rules collectively about what we will and we won't do. 
So um, conversiondesign.org. That's a free email, just like four or five emails. Um, I've gotten pretty good response from that. People seem to like it. And it's got a platypus theme, which is not because of appearing on this podcast, but um, <laughs> hey, we'll, we'll take, take the credit. Works out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then the other one is getanawesomejob.com that I talked about a little before. And that's just to help people learn the secrets and strategies that I've learned. Um, I've been able to increase my income like 85%, just my base salary in the last five years, doing the things that I've learned on that. Awesome. Um, and I didn't start at like zero. I started at like 70K. So I'm doing okay. Um, again, I don't want to be crass. US but too. US, yeah, 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 yeah. Which is... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I didn't think about don't, that. Yeah. Don't forget us down here on the other side. Yeah, yeah. Of the those, those aren't dollar dues. Those are US dollars. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, we have... It, it just worked out really well for me. And so it's a way for creative professionals to show up at work, step up, get paid more, and do more work that serves their audience in a better way. So get an awesome job.com is the second site. Perfect. Love that. And you're on LinkedIn and Facebook. Do you do that for work as well? Uh, I, I do it compulsively. I'd like to oh. pretend it's for work. Uh, I do get some <laughs> jobs out of it. But uh, yeah, check me out on Facebook or LinkedIn. Um, feel free to contact, uh, connect with me. Always happy to connect with real people. Try to send a note saying where you came from because they get a lot of people, I'm pretty sure, are bots connect with me on LinkedIn all of a sudden. Yeah, That's been a fun trend. People should mention the podcast and then we can kind of yes. see who's listening as well. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That'd be cool. Uh, I mean, you guys have such a great show. So thank you so much for Aww. taking the time. You've been doing this for so long and I love uh, one. I mean, it's always charming to hear people from your part of the world talk about <laughs> anything because he sounds so much more educated than myself who can't even say four correctly. I say fur. Like I'm like, Oh, what's that fur? Like, where am I from? <laughs> West Virginia? But Don't, that song's going to be in my head now. Oh, I'm I know. <laughs> I love American accents. I love accents in general. Yeah, it's so fun. But yeah, thanks so much yeah. for doing the work every week. And, and on top of everything else, I can't even imagine trying to squeeze a show like this in at the, with the regular cadence that you do. So really nicely Aww. done. Aww, thank thanks, you. Matt. We love doing it. We love talking to people like you and sharing, you know, whatever we know, if it, if it makes the industry better. And Yeah, but mostly we just use this as mentoring for ourselves, really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's selfish <laughs> and we learned heaps from you as well i'm gonna yeah apply a lot of that i'm gonna listen back yeah, and then i'm gonna do that course <laughs> yes <Cool>. yes <laughs> absolutely and there it is our chat with matt i didn't mean for that to rhyme but how cool be sure to check out matt's courses uh, conversiondesign.org and getanawesomejob.com because they might just help in these uncertain times. And as always, feel free to reach out to either Laura or I or Matt on LinkedIn, Instagram or Facebook anytime. We're always around to help. Okay, chat soon.